Welcome to the Simply Be Podcast, a show dedicated to redefining what personal branding really means and debunking the myths on what it's not. I'm your host, Jessica Zweig, founder of the Simply Be Agency, and I realized my value proposition was helping others find theirs. Wouldn't it be amazing if everyone on the planet knew their own power and stepped into it? You see, that's not just personal branding. That's personal transformation, and it belongs to all of us. So this show is here to help you set yourself free to simply be. You ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the Simply Be Podcast, episode number 20. Welcome back to the show, my tribe. How are you? What a week it has been. For me, hope you've had an amazing week, an amazing end of October, a very happy Halloween, and an easy start to Mercury Retrograde, which just started. I am officially coming at you today from Nosara, Costa Rica. So you might hear some loud crickets in the background or a booming thunder and some rain out of nowhere. So just forgive my uh, background noise if you hear it because I'm in a makeshift uh, studio down here in Guanacaste, the province of Guanacaste, which is on the western side of Costa Rica, right on the Pacific Ocean. I get to watch the sunset every night and I am here for a whole month working on my book, ideally finishing my book while I'm down here. We will see. So send me some good creative vibes. This is a big episode, so I'm going to skip the listener review and dive right in. This is a bit of a detour from my recent personal branding content and more of a personal episode, but I wanted to share this experience that I just had as it's something that I I did for myself, but also for you to go deep within, to learn more about what the universe needs me to know so I can use my platform to be a voice and to be in that much more service to you, my audience, that so humbly spends their time with me each Tuesday. So for that, I thank you for being here again from the bottom of my heart. So I just came out of my very first ayahuasca experience. Ayahuasca, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a sacred plant medicine that descends from South America, mainly Colombia and Peru, and it has an active ingredient in it called DMT, which um, activates your pineal gland, your third eye, and allows you to reach basically hallucinogenic states of consciousness and quantum realities to help you get more in touch with the divine, with your soul, if you will. This was a week-long retreat that I did with many experiences, which included two nights in a row of the ayahuasca, otherwise known as yahe, and it's the sacred plant medicine. And I have a lot to share about this. So I have divided this episode into five parts. The first part is how this month-long trip to Costa Rica and all the aspects of this trip manifested. The second part is my own personal disclaimer on ayahuasca. The third part will be about my first night on the medicine. The fourth part will be on my second night on the medicine. And the final and fifth part will be on what was revealed to me and what I'm integrating and what I want to share with you and teach you, my listeners, through what I learned 
especially my female listeners. This is a long one, but a good one. So hold on to your barf buckets, I mean, your seats, and let's get down to it because I'm going to give a lot of info and a ton of um, resources and information in this episode. So check the show notes for links on anything that I mentioned. So part one, how am I here? Why am I here? I came to Nosara in 2017 on a whim. I randomly found this cool hotel that did yoga and I decided I would take a week long trip by myself to go do my own little personal yoga retreat. And it profoundly changed my life, this place. I have traveled to over 35 countries in the last few years and no other place on the planet has spoken to my soul and has made me feel like my truest, purest self than right here in Costa Rica. So I came back in November of 2018, so exactly one year ago to this time, to host a retreat myself, as well as to work on my book proposal. So if you listen to episode number nine with Rhea Fry, How to Get a Six-Figure Book Deal, you should definitely go back and listen to that episode. It's one of my favorites. You would know that writing a proposal for a nonfiction book is the most significant step in the process of writing a book and one of the most difficult things I've ever done. And so I'd been working on this document for about a year and I had done a great job writing my author bio and my marketing plan and my target audience sections, but I was really struggling with what the fuck my book was actually going to be about. And it wasn't until I came down to Costa Rica here in this very place that I literally opened up my journal one night and I felt my crown chakra just open and I channeled the entire structure of the book, chapters one through 13, chapter by chapter. And so right here in this very place, I spent the majority of that trip writing out all of the chapter outlines. And I had a thought while I was writing the book, the what of the book, that if I ever got a book deal, indeed, that I wanted to manifest a deal significant enough that I could bring myself back to Costa Rica to actually write the book. I planted this seed. I manifested an intention. And here I am, exactly one year later, having manifested that dream. So for those listening, I, I want you to get crystal clear on your dreams. I'm sharing this because I want you to have your own vision of whatever that is for you, your plan, to feel it in your heart and to see it in your mind, and then do the work. Because you are your only limit. You can real life the things that you dream about. I am no one special. I just got clear on what I wanted, what I wanted it to look like, and I worked my fucking ass off. So if I can do it, you can do it. And I wanted to share that full circle moment about Costa Rica and why I'm truly here to inspire you to get the same clarity and go for it because anything is possible. Now, on to my ayahuasca experience and, and how this all came to be. So I mentioned my first trip back in 2017, I was only here for a week. And the night that I was leaving, this Colombian shaman and his group were coming to the hotel that I was staying at for a ceremony, a one-night ceremony. And I remember leaving the day that it was coming and I was so annoyed that I missed it. I had like major FOMO, but I surrendered to the fact that it wasn't my time. But I had a friend who I'd met that week and she was staying here longer than me and she ended up doing the ceremony. 
So when I got back to Chicago, we called each other and she told me all about this experience and how it was the most beautiful experience of her life. And her words, I'll never forget that conversation. It pierced my heart. And I knew in my heart that if I ever were to ever do ayahuasca, it had to be with this group and this shaman. Taito Juanito, the founder of Finca Ambawasi, based in Colombia. Now, Taito Juanito is a traditional Inga, a doctor of the indigenous community of the Colombian Amazon, and he walks the path of the Yahe, which is a very strong version of ayahuasca. And his family comes from a long lineage of traditional botanicals. All of his ancestors were medicine men and women. And throughout the past 15 years, he has been learning and sharing with different communities all over the Central and South America areas. He is a really compassionate, humble man. He has a wife and a son and is pretty unflagging about his work and service out of honesty and integrity. And there are a lot of people out there today who will call themselves quote-unquote shamans. Ayahuasca has become extremely trendy. And so for me, it was essential that I worked with an actual shaman from South America whose ancestors have been working with this medicine for years. Now, Taito Anito has the center in Colombia where he does multiple retreats per year, but he travels to Nosara, Costa Rica twice a year for intimate retreats. Now, knowing that Nosara was now and forever my place, I had spent the last two and a half years basically tracking his schedule to try to make it onto one of his retreats. And when I got the news of my book deal, okay, in July, I knew that I was going to take myself down to Costa Rica to write the book. And I had six months between July and the end of the year. And I was looking at my calendar and I decided the best time for me to go in 2019 was going to be the month of November because of other things that were going on. And lo and behold, Taito Anito was going to be in Nosara the final week of October. So it felt really, really divine. Now, before I go ahead and tell you all about my experience, I need to give you a handful of disclaimers. For one, what I'm about to share was my experience. It will not be like your experience. Some people drink three cups and feel nothing. Others drink a half a cup and journey for hours and hours. Some people have traumatic experiences. Some people have beautiful experiences. Out of the 40 people on this retreat, every single person had drastically different experiences. And what you experience is actually entirely unpredictable. Now, secondly, I am not at all 100% endorsing anyone do ayahuasca. Ideally, anyone about to do this medicine should check with their doctor or medical professional. You need to ensure that you are in an optimized physical and most importantly, mentally healthy state. People taking medications, particularly antidepressants and various prescription drugs, aren't even allowed to do ayahuasca and You have to physically clear your body for weeks ahead with a special dieta, which includes eliminating meat, dairy, gluten, sugar, alcohol, coffee. You need to abstain from recreational drugs, sex. Yeah, my husband was not too happy about that. And take up a daily meditation practice. It's no joke. You can't just roll up and do a ceremony like it's a Saturday night party. Third, it's not a party at all. It's an extremely physically taxing experience. The chances of throwing up, having diarrhea, sweating, crying, losing total control, and other types of purging are highly likely. 
And if you're not experiencing these, then the people around you will 100% be, and you're thus going to be surrounded by people having really extreme experiences all around you. It is intense. It is serious. It is not fun. (laughs) It is not at all for the faint of heart. And finally, when you do any sort of hallucinogenic experience, you are opening up your field. You are opening up your aura. And yes, you might transcend to quantum realities and see beautiful visions and see light, but where there is light, there is dark. And you are putting your light at risk for things to attach to you that don't belong to you. I have the great fortune of working with Elena Bensonoff, who's the founder of Holistic. I will link her website in the show notes. And she's helped me to clear some things that came to me during my Aya ceremony that wasn't in my highest good. And um, I'm grateful for her. So, okay. Phew. I've gotten all those disclaimers out of the way. And now I want to talk about my first night. So I drank three cups and I pretty much felt nothing. Now I was intent on not losing control. I did not want to shit my pants. I did not want to throw up all over myself. And I wanted my experience to be beautiful. I didn't want it to be scary. So I had set all of these really specific intentions. I pulled angel cards. I saged myself. I put essential oils all over my body. And I was ready for the most epic night ever. And too bad the medicine doesn't really care what you want. She gives you what you need. And so for the majority of the night, which, by the way, it starts at 7 p.m., and it goes until 8 a.m. the next morning. And for the majority of that entire evening and to morning, I felt nothing. I just watched people all around me throw up and scream and cry and dance and laugh and ascend. And it wasn't until the third cup, late into, well, the early morning, while I was receiving a healing from the shaman who was chanting and they're playing all this gorgeous music and it's just a lot of energy. And he came to me and he was singing and chanting and brushing me with shamanic leaves and putting oils on me. It's a really, really complicated experience. I started to get flashbacks of my mom raising me. All of a sudden, I was back in my childhood room in the house that I was raised. And I could see her in all of these moments in linear order of of her raising me. I saw her singing to me when I was a baby, rocking me in her arms. I saw her playing with me with toys when I was a toddler. I saw a moment when she was comforting me when I was crying in my room when I was a teenager. And I just started to weep, sobbing. And it wasn't a sad weep, but more of this intense sensation of love. Not only how much I love my mom, which I do so deeply, but how much I love to be loved by my mom. It was obviously the most significant and most powerful point of night one. And yet the next day, I still couldn't shake that I didn't have this like massive experience that everyone around me was having. I was honestly in a lot of comparison. And I realized, just fuck, Jessica, you are always needing to be in control. I overthink everything. It's the total theme in my life. I am a 100% control freak. And I did a lot of processing of that fact alone the next day. And it was really revealing to me on how 
being in control is not serving me and that I really do need to practice surrender in my life in order to reach those higher states of connection to my heart. So on tonight too. And my only intention tonight was to surrender. This time I skipped all of the specific intentions. I skipped the oils, the sage, the cards. I just went in with zero expectations. Now I drank the first cup and I threw it up 30 minutes later. And I started to have beautiful visions. I was in a jungle and I kept seeing all sorts of animals and it felt sort of like Bali and it was like this ancient jungle and I saw a ton of lions and butterflies, which are my spirit animals. And it was it was beautiful. And then they call for the second cup and you don't have to go up. It's Nothing is mandatory. Everything is choice. And they tell you that only go up for another cup if you feel it in your heart to go deeper. And I did. So I went up and I drank the second cup. I immediately felt sick and threw up again. But unlike the other times that I had vomited, I had vomited a couple times the night before, this vomiting didn't offer any release. Like usually you throw up and then you feel better, but I didn't. I felt sicker than I did before. It was like the worst case of the flu. I couldn't move my body. I I couldn't even lift my arms. I was having a hard time breathing. And I was thinking to myself, like I had moments of coherency. I was like, why the fuck am I doing this to myself? Like why there's got to be simpler ways to reach the divine. (laughs) And I kept hearing like a voice tell me like, call on your angels. I want this to end. Like I need help. Like I kept asking for my grandmother, my ancestors, my guides. And someone had told me that if you get scared in the middle of it, because it was kind of scary it was quite scary actually to ask for guides to ask for help to come work through it with you and no one was appearing <laughs> and all of a sudden my husband Brian appeared and i immediately felt safe like safer than i've ever felt in my life i was at peace like instantaneously i was happy i felt joyful and another revealing profound lesson of my week is that no one in my life makes me feel safer than my husband does. So shortly after Brian came in, he sort of faded out and I was I was good. And it was at that point that I started to reach the most beautiful experience of divinity I've ever had. I was completely one with the universe. I was in this brilliant, dark, infinite sky with billions of stars that look like diamonds everywhere. I felt so much love. I felt so much peace and freedom and clarity in my heart. I felt perfection. And then I had to pee. (laughs) That's another caveat about ayahuasca. So some people lose their minds. Some people feel nothing. And for me, I was somewhere in between. Yes, you're you're having visions, but you are coherent. Like I had my faculties so I could get up and I could go to the bathroom and I, I peed and I wiped myself. And there was blood everywhere. Now I am like a clock when it comes to my period. I know exactly what time of day, what day of the week I'm going to get my period. And I was not expecting my period for two more weeks. So a few days before the retreat sidebar, all the women had received an email from the head female organizer of the group, this woman named Michelle, alerting us all that if we had our period, or as they call it, we were on our moon, we were not allowed to partake in the ceremony. 
So when I got that email, I was like pumped because I had just gotten over my period and I knew I was not going to have it on the retreat because I'm so regular. And there it was all over my white pants. And so I went and I got Michelle immediately because I didn't know what else to do. It's all I could think to do. And I walked her outside by the bathroom and I told her what had happened and she told me to wait outside. And within minutes, she was back along with the lead healers, this amazing man named Carlos, his girlfriend, Mariah, and the head of the retreat, Eli. And Carlos came and he sat down next to me, this big, tall, masculine man with the sweetest, softest energy. And he put his hand on my hand and he looked at me and he said, This happens to certain women sometimes during the ceremony, as the medicine is a purifier, and it will help you to release whatever needs healing. And then he looked at me deeper into my eyes with the most loving compassion, and he said, This is an empowering moment for you. You have awakened the divine feminine within you. You have evoked the goddess inside of you. You are clearly a channel, and what has happened to you tonight is a gift. At which point I just started to weep, like weep in this beautiful man's arms. And the reason that women are not allowed to do the ceremony when they are on their moon is because when a woman is on her moon, she is at her most intuitive and most divinely powerful time in her cycle. Her aura is expanded and her intuition is elevated. And according to Taito Anitso, the shaman, A single shot of a woman's blood is more powerful than a hundred cups of ayahuasca. And if you are on your moon in the ceremony, it will block the shaman's ability to have visions and heal people. That's how powerful we are. (laughs) So I ended up having to leave the ceremony and they created this special temple for me in another yoga shala with candles and a bed, blankets, pillows, and it was A couple of the women healers attended to me and they shared with me all these brand new teachings about our moon cycles that I had never known before. And it was just amazing. And I ended up getting to go back to my room and sleeping in my own bed for a few hours, which was honestly absolutely heavenly and amazing to leave the room where there were 40 other people like barfing and shitting. And then Michelle came to get me in the morning around 6 a.m. and brought me back to the ceremony and the women healers did this beautiful feminine healing on me outside of the space around the fire. And I went back in and I listened to Taito Anito give his closing talk. And it was the most perfect experience. So what does this all mean for me and for you, my dear, most likely feminine listener? You see, I was called to do ayahuasca. I don't think this is something you really do unless you are called. Like I said, it is not for the faint of heart. It's not something you just casually do. And my intention in so many ways was to get closer to my truth, to get closer to my purpose, and to unlock my power so that I could go deeper into who I am and what I was born to do with my life without apology or the fear of what other people think of me. And I was expecting to have deep visions and revelations. I expected to see ex-lovers, ex-partners, ex-friends, specific events, moments from my childhood, traumas, memories. I was looking to find my purpose, my truth, and my power outside of me. 
And instead, I found it within the most sacred space of my own divine feminine womb, a space so magnificent and yet so undervalued in our Western society. And it's not only men who undervalue our moons, it's us. This was one of the biggest revelations I've had in my life. We complain about its inconvenience. We hate on our bodies. They get bloated. They get painful. We label our deep emotional sensitivities as being bitchy or moody. And we even feel shame around our blood. And so we plug ourselves up with toxic tampons that, by the way, are chemically designed to make us bleed more so we buy more. We don't change our schedules around our moon. We don't slow down around our moon. We pummel through the days week to week, 24-7, versus taking sacred time to reflect and to meditate and to slow down enough to be in our creative and intuitive powers. And we certainly don't take the time to pay back Mother Earth with our blood. This was one of the most beautiful things I learned that night. She is the greatest divine feminine power of them all, and she takes care of all of us. And we as women are innately connected to the earth, and we don't pay attention to her with our moon. Michelle said to me (laughs) during my sacred special little temple ceremony, she said to me, are you close with your mom? And I, I looked at her and I said, yeah. She said, imagine if you didn't call your mom for years. Wouldn't she worry about you? That's what we're not doing to the earth as women. We're not communicating to the earth. We're not paying the earth sacred payments with our blood. There's lots of ways to do that. Maybe I'll talk about that in a separate episode. And when I say that we have these feelings about our moon, I really mean me. (laughs) This is exactly how I feel about my my period. I, I fucking hate it. I operate around it. I run my business and I live my day-to-day life out living in a big city in a ton of masculine energy. And as you might recall, I threw myself a Goddess Vibes birthday party this summer with the intention to invoke more feminine energy in my life. And that was, what, five months ago? And to be honest, it's been really hard to do that because my business keeps getting busier. And the busier it gets, the more I feel the need to hustle. So I know that my ayahuasca experience with my mom coming to me my first night, no one came to me but my mom. Clearly, I'm calling for more pure feminine love and and connection in my life in general. And then the second night for that to happen, I was the only woman in the entire retreat that that happened to. It was a holy reminder of my true essence that is my innate being, that I don't have to try to be powerful. I am powerful because I am a woman. Now, I want to state that I am sharing this story on this platform, this particular podcast, as a wake-up call, a reminder, a summoning, and a prayer for all of the women listening to my show right now to remind you that you are so fucking powerful. And our power does not come in the hustle. It comes from the incomparable duality and the ability to be strong and soft, direct and kind, intelligent and intuitive, 
motivational and nurturing, discerning and loving. Most of the people listening to my show are women. And I know a lot of you are women in business. And I am so clear that our time is now to bring forth our divine feminine power into our work, into our Google calendars, into the way we treat our employees, work with our colleagues, communicate with our bosses, take care of our clients, share with our communities. This is our time. And that is what I am here to teach. If I can be an example of this, then I have done my job. I am so grateful to Grandmother Aya. She is the grandmother. She is the feminine for calling me to Costa Rica this month to write my book, but to do this experience as difficult as it was, as painful as it was, as uncomfortable and scary as it was. It was divinely oriented to give me the experience that I had so that I could share it with you. So now I'm off to write my book for three straight beautiful weeks in nature, in Mother Earth, surrounded by her beauty. So please send me good vibes because when you do, I can feel them. Finally, if you love this episode, if this episode spoke to you, please, please share this with another woman who you know needs to hear it. And just a loving reminder that I have left you an abundant amount of links that addresses everything that I talked about today over in iTunes in the show notes for this episode. So I've left you links on Finca Ambawasi. I've left you a link on the retreat program that I did, the naturewithinus.com, as well as Blue Spirit Costa Rica, the beautiful place that I stayed my first week here, as well as holistic information on my personal healer, Elena Bensonoff, who's helped me in the transition from ayahuasca to normalcy. I also have left a link to the documentary called The Medicine, which was a film made about Taito Juanito. Pretty incredible. And finally, and perhaps most excitingly, I have left you a link to a blog that features Mariah Ganessa, who was one of the female healers that was with me on night two. And she works with Taito Juanito very closely. And she was featured on a blog called christydawn.com talking about the power of the moon. And if you go all the way down to the blog, she's the third woman that's featured and she's got a, a whole sort of section called the power of menstruation returning to the sacred. And she talks about how we can build incorporate rituals in our daily lives, regardless if you live in an urban environment of how to really honor our moon cycles in an entirely new connected way. I mean, it's new for me. So I am going to be practicing this and I invite you to learn about it yourself and potentially empower yourself to think about your moon in a new way and join me on this journey. Next week, we will be back to our regular scheduled personal branding content. And I've got some amazing guests in these next few weeks. Like They're beyond amazing, incredible interviews. So please do not miss it. Every Tuesday at 7 a.m., my episodes go live. So until then, my loves, please know that you don't need to look anywhere outside of yourself to find your own power, not even in an ayahuasca ceremony, because all of your power is already inside of you.
so much love. I will see you next week. Bye for now. It's me again. If you loved this podcast, and I so hope you did, please go ahead and subscribe. That way, you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. And if you're feeling extra generous, go ahead and leave us a review. I will be reading listener reviews at the top of each episode, and I would love, love, love to feature yours. If you want to continue to hang out with us, you can come find us on the interwebs. We are at simplybeagency.com. And you can subscribe to our newsletter, where we send exclusive invites to our events, special announcements, and hook you up with personal branding tools. They're awesome. And if you want to come hang out with me, Jessica, I spend most of my time on Instagram. You can find me at Jessica Zweig, that's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-Z-W-E-I-G. My last name is German, by the way. And we can spend some time there. That's it for now. And until the next episode, have a simply awesome week. Bye, guys. This podcast was produced by Dante32.